Oh, hell, do you read me? Affirmative, Dave. I read you. Everybody, you're listening to a brand new episode of the All Things Dave podcast, and I'm your host, Phantom Dark Dave. Today, I got Julie back on the show, and we're going to talk about our favorite traps from the entire 10 film franchise of Saw. Now, Julie, I brought you on this particular episode because it dawned on me that you and I have never really talked horror on this podcast, and it was really easy to do because this is, in fact, your favorite franchise. It is, and you're right. We haven't talked horror on this podcast, so I didn't realize it until we were talking about it. What's with all this Star Trek day? talk we do? I know. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, I guess we haven't, and we had a couple other podcasts where we did other things. But even so, then, <laughs> it was it was it older horror movies, yeah. and so this is so, the first time that you and I are going to publicly talk about Saw. I know. I'm kind of excited, especially because it is my favorite horror franchise. Now, people, you know, they've heard you quite a few times, and they might be thinking, Julie's too sweet to love the Saw franchise. Why why does a girl from the farm in Missouri get down with this ultra-violent and sometimes quoted torture porn franchise? I know, because I'm not a torture porn person. And in fact, when Saw first came out, I was working in the movie theater, and I avoided it like the plague. I thought it was pointless to have all this gore. Sure. Because in my mind, you did not need that to have a good movie. And so I didn't watch any of them until I met you. Hi. You're welcome. (laughs) But after watching them, what made it my favorite was not all the gory stuff, because I still don't care for that. And in fact, in most of them, I cover my eyes during that part. Um, However, I love the story. They all have great stories. The storyline running throughout all of them is fantastic. And it's just that psychological thriller that I gravitate towards. So it's kind of like a healthy mix of our two worlds, right? It is. You love the psychological thriller aspect. Mm -hmm. I love the straight-up horror aspect. And when you tie them together, you get a fantastic franchise that I think, I mean... It wasn't until recently when they started making more movies, but I I felt like for a while this whole series got slept on. Like, everybody knew about it, 
but they just wrote it off, especially for folks who just really love the first one but then don't care about the sequels. And right out of the gate, we're going to tell you this is a spoiler-heavy episode because though we're not going to go in here and deep dive and review every movie individually, we are going to talk about our favorite traps, which involve some of our favorite characters. There are some plot points and... If you haven't seen all 10 movies, please don't listen to this episode because I promise you at some point something will get ruined. Yeah, and you don't want it to. <laughs> this, it's like from Saw 1 to Saw 7, you can't skip one of those movies or you won't know what the hell is going on. Like straight up, it is a, a fluid storyline. And then Jigsaw, which is the eighth film, comes out. And it does a little bit of twist and turns, but it is definitely connected. Now, the ninth film is called Spiral. Out of all of them, that would be the only one you could watch without having seen the other Saw movies. But I think you would have more respect for it, and you would appreciate it more because you you can see kind of the love letters that are hidden. You know, some of the Easter eggs, if you will. And then, of course, Saw 10 just came out, and that actually fell between Part 1 and 2 in the timeline. So Right. As I've already said, spoiler heavy, please make sure that... I, look, I don't want no hate mail coming at me. That's why right. I'm not going to give you my email on this episode. Ooh, yeah, no. Don't. Now, Julie, this is crazy <laughs> to think about. You said you worked at the theater when Saw came out. So the original Saw came out October 29th, 2004. Wow. And then just recently, Saw 10 came out September 29th, 2023. That's crazy. That is just one month shy of being... A 19-year franchise. Isn't that insane to think about? That is. I didn't realize it had been going for that long. We have the Conjuring universe, which is, you know, the Wannaverse, which consists of the Conjuring movies and the Annabelles and everything that ties them together. But outside of that, this might be the only franchise that is still going strong the way that it is. I agree, yeah. And I, you know, I don't think I could ever get enough. I really don't. I may have my complaints about certain things, but I always get really excited when I find out there's a new Saw movie. And for the longest time, there was a Saw movie like every Halloween. And that was really cool because that's how they used to do it in the 80s. There was a Freddy movie every year, a Jason movie every year, and then everything slowed down. Right. Speaking of, we haven't had one of those in over a decade. It's kind of depressing, but at least we got John Kramer to get us through. That's right. <laughs> so, all right, enough setting it up. Let's dive into this thing because... We've seen all these movies together, mm -hmm. and we've had our conversations while watching, but hey, who talks during a movie, right? <laughs> we don't really, unless we've seen it already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we don't know what's on each other's list. We can only assume we know. Right. And I love to throw you for a loop. You're a mystery over here. I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, Julie doesn't love the gore, but how does she feel about the traps? We're going to find out. Yeah, and we haven't really talked about this too much. I know after a few of the Saw movies, you would say, what was your favorite trap? And in my mind, I'm thinking none of them because that's horrible. Julie, <laughs> Julie's like, you stupid. I'm like, what? <laughs> no, but it's, it's weird to say a trap is your favorite. It's kind of, it sounds... Are you saying you don't have a favorite serial killer? Mm, I mean, I do, but... Oh, well, you know, there you so, go. <laughs> so, um, I'm really excited, though, to talk about some of these. And I will tell you, it was hard. I mentioned to you um, how I was struggling to narrow it down because there are so many well-thought-out traps and unique traps so it it was hard to get it down to five plus an honorable mention. well and just in case somebody wants a perspective on how hard it was 
there are at least 70 traps in the Saw franchise. And so we took the task of narrowing it down to five plus one honorable mention. And we're going to start it right now. Julie, you know how it goes. You're the guest. You go first. What almost makes your list? All right. So I actually changed my list even as of today (laughs) Um, because I was struggling. Uh, So my honorable mention is the mausoleum trap from Saw 4. And it is also known as the See No Evil, Speak No Evil. And in this trap, you don't get a lot of background because this is one of them that doesn't have the recording or a video. You just kind of go straight into it and you don't know quite what's going on. Um, But I'll do my best to describe it. So two men uh, are chained to this contraption and one man has his mouth sewn shut the other man his eyes sewn shut and so it is interesting to see them because they are fighting each other trying to figure out what's going on how do i get out of this and they can't communicate and it just makes everything go crazy so yeah and that's how they open up the movie mm-hmm. and that's one of the cool things about a lot of the saw movies is there's always that opening trap sequence that gets you like here's your reminder we're going in heavy and hard on this one and you yeah. better be ready because it's going to be enticing and one thing that i love that the saw franchise always does is the editing i know mm. some people don't like it but it is definitely how do I explain? It's like what Saul is known for. It's like, yeah, it's violent, but the editing process, like the music, the way it yes. all ties together, like you know what you're in the ride for. And that was a really cool way to start off the fourth film. Yeah, it was. And so I, I won't spoil how it ends, I guess. But <laughs> um, it was one of those two that what made me like it is if they would have just calmed down and slowed down, they could have figured it out and worked together, despite well, yeah. not being able to talk for one of them and see for the other one. But you can probably say that about ninety nine percent of the it traps is because yes. it's the human condition. Yes. Now, obviously, there's some of that, like, oh, why are you in this trap in the first place? Mm-hmm. And you go down that moral road, but right. they're also not given a lot of time to think things through. So yeah. you kind of got to be quick on your feet, but in the right direction. Right. And so that's a pretty cool honorable yeah, mention. I, as soon as you, you said the mausoleum, I was like, oh, Saw 4. I already yes, know. Yes, yep. Yeah, I was heavy on this. So. <laughs> all right. What was your honorable mention? My honorable mention goes all the way back to the original, and I'm going to go with the cut through your feet trap. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to talk about... It's old school, right? It's crazy how simple it is in comparison to later films with complex machines. But I think that the simplicity is enduring. It really spells out what the basis is for the franchise without too much suspension of disbelief. Because they didn't know this was going to be a big thing. They just made this one movie. And when you have Dr. Gordon, is played by Carrie Ells, and he's chained, and the whole thing is like, okay, I'm here's a hacksaw. I'm going to cut through my chains. This does not work, and it dawns on you, I'm not meant to cut through my chains. I'm meant to cut through my foot. And that's all you need to know. Like, we had not really seen anything like that on the silver screen. Like, anything like that was Grindhouse, uh, Jalo film. It was very just straight-to-video-ish. But now it's being glorified, and we're seeing it as an audience like, 
I mean, we're not going to go. And yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we go there and it's fantastic. And so though it's not like my favorite, I thought that it kind of really set the tone of what to expect going forward with in, in really, you got to start somewhere. And, and that just really worked for me. And it's really cool because we spend so much time with Dr. Gordon that we really get to know him, his strengths and his flaws. And all of that comes down to what his final decision is. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm going to go with it. I love it. That's a, that's a great honorable mention. Um, because like you said, it sets up, pretty much all of the other <laughs> traps. I mean, because when you see that, it kind of shows you and gives an example of of that human condition and going back to what are you going to do in this situation? Because for me, when I first watched that movie, that was a shock. It's like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, all right, well, that's intense. <laughs> so... <laughs> Mm, That's a good one. Only flesh can cut so good. (laughs) That should have been the tagline. Saw only flesh can cut so good. (laughs) But uh, Uh, cool. Now we're diving into the the sandwich, you know, uh, of it. What do you got for number five? My number five is known by hopefully everyone who has ever seen (laughs) the reverse bear trap. Uh, First, we saw it in the original we did. Saw, but it has shown up a lot, repeatedly, not just as a trap, but as flashbacks and whatnot. So it it kind of it may be in every single saw. I don't know in some way, shape, or form. But if Saul didn't have Billy the puppet, mm-hmm. then I think the reverse barrel trap would be the Saul mascot. Yes, because it <laughs> always pops up and it is teased so much, and we never get to see it. Until we do, and it's glorious when we do. Yeah. I will tell you, coming right out of the gate right now, that I thought that was going to be your number one. Really? Like, I literally <laughs> thought that you were going to go with, as OG as my honorable mention, uh-huh. but just what, you know, Amanda has put into it. Yes. And, you know, it, it tests her, and she survives it. Mm-hmm. Like, this has got to be, because I know you kind of like the character, Amanda. And I I'm do. like, this is it. I do. And now I'm, like, even more excited knowing, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I really have no idea what your list uh-huh. is. But I'm so glad you did bring it up, because mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, it's not on my list because oh, okay. I thought it was your number one. Yeah. So now we can actually talk about yeah. it. Yeah. No, I, it was one of those that it actually almost didn't make my list because... I don't know you at all. I know. <laughs> not because I don't... In, I don't want to say enjoy it, but it was because it's almost overdone sometimes. You, I don't... The trap itself is great, but seeing it so much... It was oversaturated yes, then? Okay. Yes. And That's so fair. then you kind of become numb to it almost. Sure. It's like, oh yeah, the reverse bear trap. Like, right. Not done <laughs> again. Seen it, done it. Like, uh-huh. old well, news. <laughs> no, no, no. Not until so, the seventh one. Uh, exactly. So, um, but I could not do this episode without mentioning it so that's why it's and the fact that it's used on jill in the seventh one Mm. that really made it like a oh shit moment Mm -hmm. because it's kind of one of those characters that you didn't think was going to get a gruesome ending which is funny to say in this franchise but it was also extremely fitting because both characters tie back to the original in some shape, form, or fashion because Jill was John Kramer's wife. Right. And so she had to have been in the know of the reverse bear trap. And, you know, out of all the traps and 
contraptions and machines and mechanisms. The rever- the reverse bear trap to mm-hmm. me seems like the most believable one. True. I'm like I'm surprised that's not a thing. Right. To yeah. be honest. <laughs> I'm glad it's not, but right. also out of all of them like I wouldn't be shocked if one day that was on the market. That was a thing. Yeah. yeah. If you want to let the bears go, here you go. <laughs> just takes their ankle with them. But oh no! <laughs> All right, so All man, right. you're coming in hot with the number five. I know. I'm bringing the heavy hitters. <laughs> well, my number five is the silo trap from Jigsaw. So in Jigsaw, five people wake up in a barn that's full of traps, and as they move through them, two of them get trapped inside of a silo, which starts to rapidly fill with grain. I know you grew up on a farm. Yes. I didn't. I've never been around a farmhouse or a barn unless it was like a kindergarten field trip or something. And then we didn't get to go in a silo. So I didn't really even see inside a silo until Mm, this. And I got to say, for the longest time, it appeared that they were going to drown in the grain. Right. And that's already horrific. That's kind of like some quicksands type shit. Yes. However... It heavily escalates because at the top of it, where the spout, where the grain is pouring from, all of a sudden, knives and saw blades come flinging down. Mm -hmm. And that took it from, you know, a 10 to an 11 instantly. Like, that oh shit meter went up really high because they did get hit and stabbed with a lot of those sharp objects. And this one makes my list. It's, you know number five so it's like low Mm -hmm. on the list but it does because of its atmosphere it's the only one that has a barn which is really cool and unique but it's extremely visual yes and it is i i love all the saw movies and i thought okay i can't go in here and name one trap from every movie because it's not a top 10 right i was like so which ones do i absolutely have to mention like which traps mean something to me which ones left me with that awe factor where I still thought about it and you see this in the trailer mm-hmm. and when I saw this scene in the trailer I remember I, it's like I couldn't wait to see that part right? of the movie and yeah. so my number five is the silo trap yeah absolutely and it is intense I know as a kid growing up on a farm we would often hear don't play around the silo don't play in the silo don't play on the silo <laughs> sounds <laughs> like some good advice yeah um and this is why um because you can easily get trapped in there and pulled under because of air pockets and whatnot so it Man. it is absolutely a scary thing and it's like quicksand it's you can sink right in quick i love whatever the idea process was for Josh Stahlberg and Pete Goldfinger because they had not written or contributed to any of the Saw films until this one, and this one being the eighth one in the franchise. Like, how does that pitch go? It's like, okay, hear me out. Everything we know about Saw, yeah, but in a barn. Like, that's the easiest pitch in the world because I'm like, green light, that sounds incredible. Bring the farm equipment, let's go. Right. And uh, at least for me, it gave me something I wanted to see. So that's my number five. What do you got for number four? All right, so my number four... I don't know if you would see this one coming, but it is Silence Circle from Saw 3D. And it is also known as the Speak No Evil Trap or the Fishing Line Trap. And this is the one where Bobby Dagan, I think I'm saying his name right, Mm -hmm. and his publicist Nina, he has to help her because she is in this contraption, strapped down, even her neck is strapped. 
and the key to get her out is in her stomach and at the end of this is a hook and he has to pull it up out of her throat to get the key to unlock it however she cannot scream because there are four spikes heading for her neck and if she makes any sound i think it was above a whisper they would move in towards her neck and eventually pierce her neck and kill her so it was intense and i think what got me the most about this one was that i've been fishing many times you have been fishing as well um only with you but i've had a hook in my skin before especially hands i don't know why but those hooks like to snag you and it hurts and it's painful and it's hard to get out if it and so i'm imagining this coming up her throat the whole time <laughs> and it just makes me cringe <laughs> uh, just knowing what little i know about hooks in flesh so you want to know something funny yeah that was originally my number four also but really? it changed really? but that was originally in oh. that place oh yeah it's, yeah i remember seeing this in theater and that was one of those like every trap was kind of like going to the next level mm -hmm. but i think that one kind of held it down as being the most they're all painful but the way you kind of like tensed up when describing yeah, it is yeah. yeah like i will tell you the reason i love that trap yeah uh is everything you've said but the ending of it whenever it's because remember everything we do is timed right so there is a sense of urgency and when you go fast sometimes you pull hard and when he pulls it all the way up just to like fucking do it bobby that's what she says yeah like when mm. he pulls it up out of her throat like some of her in whatever her insides are yeah. are hooked in there and they fall on her face yeah. and i remember thinking that's gross yeah. <laughs> but, but that's what would happen i mean yeah. <laughs> oh yeah and, right the time thing just makes it that much more intense and I, it yeah it's just yeah that's an awesome pick, man. <laughs> so far, we're covering all kinds of different Saw movies today. Look I at you like bringing it. in Saw 7 like that. Hey, you know. <laughs> I do now. All right. What you got for number four? My number four is the drowning box from Saw 5. I don't know if I even need to explain to my listeners why this makes my list, but I will just paint the picture for you. Detective Strom wakes up in a room where his head is sealed inside of a see-through cube. The cube has two hoses attached to it, which are also attached to what looks like upside-down sparklets water bottles. For all, any of us in that 30 to 40 age bracket, we know what those big-ass bottles look like. We put pennies in them now. Okay. The cube starts filling up with water, and Detective Strom starts drowning, which I know isn't a big deal for a lot of people. In fact, I've heard it quoted that drowning is a peaceful death however um i say fuck that because drowning is one of my absolute biggest fears in the world i kind of have a knack with water and, and everything and so this one personally attacks me and though i don't want to ever wake up in a saw trap i especially don't want to wake up in that one because like any saw trap it must really suck to be trapped in there and knowing that you're probably about to die. It makes your last few minutes of life terrible. And the reason that this one is where it is and it's not 
like higher up on my list is because he survives the trap, which gives me that sense of, okay, I, I might be okay. But I want to tell you how he survives it because I don't think I would have thought of this. He removes a pin from his pocket and jabs it into his throat, which gives him the ability to breathe through the pin, kind of like a, what do they call it, a tracheotomy? or yes, tracheotomy. 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 I, I used to be a doctor. I quit. These terms yeah. are hard. But um, <laughs> he's eventually discovered and rescued by the police. But I remember when I saw this in theater and that scene happened, I, I was thinking back, I'm like, this is the first one to really do the water thing. I mean, mm -hmm. we've seen water kind of used before with, you know, ice blocks and, you know, sprinkler room type stuff. Like, okay, but this is the first one where we're submerged in it, and that shit really tripped me out. And so my number four is the drowning box from Saw 5. Yeah, I... I know why you said this one is not higher, but I'm shocked it's not higher. Just because I know of your fear of water and the drowning aspect. And you can say it's more peaceful, but like you said, that leading up to yep. would be so I, stressful to me. Because, I'd probably die of a heart attack before right. I drown. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> oh, like, God. It's like, I know I'm about to die. <laughs> well... If anything, uh, I think it, it kind of put me at ease to know as long as I carry a pin in my pocket, right? I'll be okay. I know. But I wouldn't have thought of something like that. No. And the I fact that either. he was, you know, I just talked to you about how when you're pressured for time, you may not act in the right mm. sense. Yeah. Strom, he's an interesting character in the yeah. franchise, and he's in quite a few of the movies. He's a great character, if mm -hmm. I'm being honest. He is great. I love where his head was at. <laughs> not, not actually. <laughs> not physically. <laughs> right, right. But he figured it out. He thought through it and he survived it. Yeah. And it made me wonder. I'm like, there's a scene in there where you see like his gun and his badge mm. and everything's like, why did the killer leave the pin? I know that might be like a plot hole or, or like a plot device for the story mm -hmm. to keep going. But if he didn't have that pin, he would have died. True. That's true. But needless to say, if he had had a pencil, it wouldn't have worked. Ooh, so yeah, yeah. But, cool. Well, we're All moving right. up this list. What do you got for number three? Okay, so number three, I have the needle pit oh. from Saw Two, and this is the one where they're in the nerve gas house, and in this particular room that they're trapped in, there's a giant hole in the floor, filled with dirty, gross, disgusting syringes that have been used. And the key to get out of the room is in that pit. <laughs> so I think um, during the little tape recording play, he was he says it's like finding a needle in a haystack. Like did it? And so it doesn't sound too bad until you see it, because the trap that the person that the trap is meant for, he actually goes crazy. And then throws Amanda into the trap. And her experience is just mm. awful. Mm -hmm. and just seeing these syringes poking out of her. And she's trying to dig through them. And I'm, Like, one needle is already bad enough. And a lot of people don't like needles. But imagine tens of thousands of needles poking in you all over. <laughs> when I saw this one in theater, this erupted. Like, like throughout the movie, people have had reactions to certain things, but this got one from everyone because 
everybody knows, you know, we've all had a shot before or a tattoo, like some form of a needle or, you know, <laughs> a bad addiction. I don't know. Right. But, and Amanda being one of those, but when she starts basically having to swim and scrape her way through, it's the audio design. Like the physical of what you say, they do really good to have those needles look like they're piercing her, but we get it. Like we hear her scream yes. and the dude is severing for some serious fucking Chad syndrome where he's like this alpha male yes. and he throws her in there and that's bad. And right. then she has to start scraping and look for it. But then to also know that it amounts to nothing. Yes. Sucks ass. Oh, but, oh. yeah. So I think mm. a lot of people are going to agree with you on that one. Yeah. And probably that it should be higher because damn. But yeah, hey, good news. She survives it. That's true. So we already got two traps on here that are, you know, survivable. Yeah. Well, and Gordon survived. So that's three. Also he, true. Yeah, you know, hey. spoil it all for you. <laughs> you ready for this? I'm ready. What you got for number three? This one used to be my favorite trap, but now it has to settle for just making my top three. It's the rack from Saul 3. Yeah, Julie's face says it all because she thought she knew me. My <laughs> mouth is gaping open right now. <laughs> so Saul 3 focuses around a man named Jeff who, unlike the first two movies, he isn't put to the test to see if he can survive. He's put to the test to see if he can forgive. Mm. And part three was the first one to do the one person going through a certain maze and where every room hosts a different trap. And that comes back quite a few times, and it's really cool when they do that. But this was the first time they did it. And what's crazy is all these different rooms has a trap with somebody in it, and he has to choose to save them. Now, it might be simple of, like, of course you want to save them. Well, the whole story is Jeff's son was hit and left for dead. You know, hit and run, and the kid died. And so there was a whole court thing, and the guy who essentially hit his son with his car got off with a very, very light sentence. And it is what it is. It's horrible. But this movie takes a certain, like, bend with it because we're spending time with Jeff, and we feel his loss and his pain. And Jeff's not right to let these people torture but you can't help but get stuck in your mind of what would you do if that was your kid um, or anybody because it's just a messed up process. And so we have like the judge, we have several, and I won't go too much in detail in case it, one of the movies from 3 pops up on your list. But the one with the rack is the most infamous because the rack contains Timothy, the guy who did run his son over. And the rack is a contraption that it takes turns individually twisting and snapping his arms, his legs, and eventually his head, meaning that the person in this torture rack, essentially, has to feel every bone and limb snap. So we talked about that last few minutes of your life. Like, okay, maybe this is the worst. Like, not only knowing it, but you're getting a slow death. Some of the traps are fast. This one definitely is not. And... It really works because the actor, I didn't write his name down, but he sells it so good because he has the tears coming down and, and you really feel really, really bad for him being in there because nobody deserves this. But it goes back to the sound design. Like when you hear the twisting and the crunching and the snapping and the crying, it, it's just, it's really hard to take and he sells it so well. Saul 3 for the longest time was considered the kind of most gruesome in the franchise and it very well still might be, but I think this trap is no exception to that rule. Yeah, absolutely. And I 
I did think this was your number one because I know how much you've talked about it, how much you just love the whole scene. It's done very well. And in fact, I believe this is the first one I opened my eyes on, which was a bad idea. So. I'm like, babe, open your eyes for this one. You have to see this one. Uh, no, you didn't. But I, <laughs> you talked it up so much that I just wanted to see. And so I'm like peeking through my fingers. Yeah. And it's just like, oh. <laughs> yeah, imagine the exorcist when Linda Blair's, her head turns all around. Yeah, but this yeah. guy does it with his arms and legs, yeah. too. It's, ugh. And like you said, it is long and drawn out yeah. and just painful looking. So that's you talked about you loving this franchise, not mm-hmm. necessarily because of the gore, True. but the story. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree with you. In fact, it's definitely one of my top favorite franchises. Where it's your favorite, it's one of my favorite. But for me, yes, it's the story, it's the writing, but it is. The characters. Yes. It's a huge character study. I've said that thing a million times. It's probably getting worn out. But what you'll notice with my list, the higher that we go, there's a sense of compassion mm. tied in. Yeah. And so we'll see where that leads here in a minute. Oh, man. But that's my number three. We're down to top two. What do you got oh. for number two? All right. So number two is the pendulum trap from Saw 5. And this is, I think it starts the movie out. It does. And it is, the victim is Seth Baxter, who is the man who killed Mark Hoffman's sister. And so we see him strapped to this table and a pendulum with a very sharp blade is swinging at him. He has 60 seconds, 30 seconds before it starts cutting him, 60 before he's chopped in half. And he has to stick his fingers in these vice grip things and basically crush his hands in order to save himself. Like a damn license plate. Yeah. (laughs) And so it's it's a very well-thought-out trap, but it's based off of... Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe. And that's one of the things I loved about it is because I've been a Poe fan, not as much as you, but (laughs) even, you know, starting in high school, we had to read some of his stories, and I just always... I loved those stories. They had that mystery and that intensity and kind of just kept you on the edge of your seat. And so seeing this, I'm like, oh, snap, you know? You know what the difference is between us, though? Oh, you grew up a Poe fan, and I just grew up Poe. Oh, no. We had no money. <laughs> but don't Okay. Um, so. so what's it like seeing kind of like Edgar Allan Poe torture chamber stuff in a Saw movie? Loved it. They could do a whole Saw movie on that if they yes, wanted to. Yes, I wish they would. That would be amazing. Can the Or if the Saw people just want to do an Edgar Allan Poe, that's fine, too. Oh, yeah. um, but it, I, I really enjoyed it. And what? Edgar Allan Poe was the original Jigsaw. Ooh. Think about it. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> you know what was crazy about the pendulum, though? What? We had just started noticing things from Saul. I think it was three. Mm-hmm. And through five were some of these traps... Including, mm-hmm. I think this one, mm-hmm. are unwinnable. Exactly. And I, that's a game changer. That's where I was going. Is In the end, he does do the hand part yep. and crushes his hands, 
But it does not stop the pendulum, nope. and it keeps going. And at one point, he sees the person uh-huh. through the window. They have a front row seat to yeah. this execution. And he's like, but I did what you said. You know, yeah. I did what I was supposed to, and it didn't stop, and he dies. So it was unwinnable, unescapable. That's another, man, with... It's so crazy when you think about these people being in the trap. And the pendulum is a great example because you were just seeing it coming down at you. Yes. Like you got nowhere to go. Yeah. Man. Woom, woom, mm. Swinging down. Like, yeah. And you are so right. Even you just doing that. The sound effects yes. for Saw, it, whoever does the sound well, effects. And that's the beautiful thing, too, is you know a lot of these directors, with the exception, James Wan, Lee Winnell, they only really did the first one, though mm-hmm. they did contribute I think with production and stuff throughout okay. and like executive producing and stuff. But And of course the characters. But a lot of these guys directed two or three of these movies. And some of the guys who were directors who did like one or two of them mm-hmm. were also like the editor on some of the prior ones. So it's almost like it's a Saw family yeah. and they all took turns doing their story, yeah. which is really cool. And I think that's what kept the kind of visual of Saw consistent mm-hmm. through at least the first seven. Yeah. But still, uh, eight, nine, and ten work wonderfully. And to yes. have a new group of characters come in that, you know, like, like Darren Lynn Bosman did two, three, and four, mm-hmm. but he did come back and direct Saw Ten, mm. and then, or sorry, uh, he directed Spiral. The guy who directed Saw Ten did Saw Six, and so to have them like leave the game, <laughs> see yeah. what I did, game, <laughs> but then come back later and still keep that train going. Yeah. It's crazy to think about that people can like different people. They have a lot of hands in the pot, but it never like gets away from itself. Right, and yeah. that's just the Saw way. That's so good. Nineteen years. Nineteen years. <laughs> All, All right. right. That was your number two, right? That was. So that means you want to know my number two. I do. My number two is the glass coffin from Saul 5. Yes. Okay. Uh, You seem like you know this one. So I already talked about Detective Strom and explained how smart he is and how he escaped the drowning box. Well, there's another box. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's the coffin box. The coffin. And this one is insane. This one was a really close number one for me. Yeah. But I'm going to get to the compassion factor in a minute. Mm. So, Detective Strom survives the drowning box, closes in on Detective Hoffman, finding out he's Jigsaw's apprentice. Strom reaches a room where there's a glass coffin that's kind of propped up. It's kind of vertical. It's a little diagonal, Mm -hmm. but vertical. And, of course, there's a tape. He plays the tape. And he hears Detective Hoffman's voice congratulating him on figuring everything out up until this point, but also manages to call Strom out on one of his biggest flaws, which is trust. And that's something that's a big deal through a few of these movies. So Strom has to choose whether to trust the instructions on the tape or trust his instinct. And so all he has to do, I say it like it's easy, but <laughs> the tape says to get inside this glass coffin mm-hmm. and there's it's full of glass shards. Yes. And so he immediately is like, I'm not doing that. Right. And... It's so quick for him to decide he's not going to do that while hearing Detective Hoffman come around the corner. Mm -hmm. And so what he does is he stops the tape and he puts it down and he hides in the shadows. Hoffman enters the room and Hoffman sees in the glass coffin the reflection of Strom behind him. And the two get into a fight. And 
Though I think Hoffman could take Strom. Uh, that's not what happens. Strom yeah. kind of, you know, Strom tries to shoot him. Hoffman hits the gun out. Mm-hmm. But by doing that, Strom's able to start punching and fighting. And he pushes Detective Hoffman into the glass coffin. Yep. Okay. And Hoffman's like, fuck no. Hoffman goes to get out. And Strom, like, hits him right in the face. I wouldn't say knocks him out, but he dazes him for a few seconds. And then, what does he do? He seals the coffin. He closes mm-hmm. the lid, and he's like, ha, I got you, you fuck. Like, yeah. game over, bitch. Yeah. But that's when the game begins, because Hoffman kind of looks down like, <laughs> play the tape. And we're like, what? Right. Strom picks up the tape, plays it, and he hears the rest of the instructions of saying, if you don't, you will not survive. Then the door to the room closes shut. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, the coffin, like, we're all getting chills because the Saw music's playing. Yeah. This is the end of Saw 5. <laughs> And the coffin starts going backwards, goes horizontal, and seats down into this perfectly, like, hole in the floor. It's mm-hmm. shaped like the coffin. And then the fucking walls to the room start closing in. Strom starts shooting at the coffin. Well, it's bulletproof glass. You ain't going to do that. Yep. Strom starts to try to climb up. He's tr- he does what we all do. He puts his arms and legs out, and he tries to press the walls to keep it from doing as if we had some kind of fucking physical strength right? to do that. And... We see the arm snap, the bone goes out, the blood falls, and lands right on the coffin. And Hoffman's... Coffin? Hoffman? They rhyme. But Detective Hoffman sees through a bloodstained view of him up there. Mm -hmm. And we hear the screams, and Hoffman is smiling as the walls close in. And we end the movie with killing a character that we've been following for three films. Yeah. And it's just like the bad guy won again, and it's incredible. Yeah. And it's one of those that you do not see coming. At least I didn't. No, because... It's the trap. It's the right. contraption. You're telling me the one time we get in, it saves you? Right. But he knew, Hoffman knew he would not trust him. Yeah. And he allowed himself to be thrown in, fooling not only him, but us too. Exactly. Mm, that's an excellent choice. Oh, I love, and again, it, it was so close to being number one. I had to think about <laughs> it until I couldn't think no more. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so I was very happy to have it as my number two. Yeah, that makes and me I excited promise to see your number one. I don't have anything against Strom, even though he landed on this motherfucker twice already. Oh, true. That's true. But, but we yeah, have given part five one. some serious love today. Yeah, we have. So mm. you're excited, but so am I. What is your favorite Saw Trap? All right, here we go. So my number one is the shotgun carousel trap from Saw 6. And... I knew as soon as you asked me to do this podcast, it was my number one. And it did not change. I thought maybe I might find something else that would edge it out, but it didn't. This one stuck with me. And I'm not really sure why. It might be the imagery, the idea of... Your fear of the playgrounds? Maybe. <laughs> um, but in this trap... Um, who, what was his name? William Easton. He is the insurance company manager or whatever. And basically he is being tested because he and his team are the ones who would either approve or deny the insurance claims. And so he goes into this room with six of his teammates strapped to this carousel with a shotgun pointed at them. And he has to decide to save two out of the six. And I cannot... It kind of goes to that question. I think sometimes we ask it just to get to know someone. It's like, okay, if you had 
your two kids and your wife in a, you know, a boat and you could only save one and they're drowning, who would you save and why? It's like, what? Right. <laughs> it's an impossible question to answer. And so it kind of goes to that, but he also has to to save the two people, stick his hand in, and it pierces his hand yeah. these two times. So it's, I think why I liked it so much was that psychological piece of these people are liars, cheaters, don't care about the people who need help and are only out for themselves. So when it comes down to it, who's going like who's going to survive and how? Because they all backstab each other and you kind of see their true colors come out in mm. this which may or may Try. not help your case when you're pleading for your life. Yeah. Because some of those people are straight up assholes. Yes. And it's like, and how do you know what to believe? Because they're saying, oh, I have kids. Or, oh, my parents are dying. Or, mm -hmm. you know, all these things they're saying. You have no way to know if they're telling the truth because they've lied so much. Right. Through this whole thing. So it's... It's an interesting one. <laughs> you want to talk about getting a reaction from a crowd. When I saw Saw 6 in theater, in case... People mm -hmm. didn't know. There's 10 Saw films. I saw eight of them in theater. So I only missed two in theater, guys. That's awesome. Seeing this one, it's kind of like the doors open up and you're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And it was so, like, people started to get excited because they were like, hey, we've all been on a merry-go-round or a carousel. Yes. Like, and you see this. Do you notice how many times Jigsaw uses a shotgun in this franchise? Well, like, there's like five one. shotgun traps. That's like, there's true. the shotgun collar. There's part oh, one yeah. where there's like the four shotguns strapped up and it kills the, the one guy. Um, oh. I think Hoffman first trap was a shotgun chair like there's tons of shotguns in True. this and i mean yeah this is your key to freedom yeah. shotgun you know what i'm saying so lots <laughs> oh, of stuff but you may have picked the best shotgun one of them all because Thanks. i really like what you said about it being one of those psychological aspects mm -hmm. because unlike like saw three was different because he had to choose to forgive. Well, this guy is going through, and he has to put himself on the line for everyone, for mm -hmm. all of his employees. Every trap in that movie, yes. he has to guide them or participate in the trap and or be the reason that they live or die. Yeah. And... I don't. I think getting pierced through the hand is nothing compared it's to not. condemning someone to death. Right. And if I was on that carousel, I would have told him straight up, hey man, I know where I'm going after this. Don't yeah. even think about me. I'm fine. Yeah, exactly. But none Now that of might have saved my life. I don't know. <laughs> no, they were them. like, you know, you like, suck. You don't really like, you're not a Saw fan. They're <laughs> making this up. Like, <laughs> that's so cool. That's your number one. Because yeah. obviously that one stands out in a list mm -hmm. of 70. Like shotgun carousel, what is that? Yeah. And uh, it's totally cool. And I love how they had like the spiral design on it. Yes. Yeah. Like, I mean, John Kramer... Mark Hoffman, all these people who have participated in being Jigsaw at some point are some motherfucking engineers. True. But also, they color really good. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, the atmosphere, it's like, man, they went yeah. to the time to make this walk green. This looks nice. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Very creative, okay? How excited are you? I'm so excited because... Everything I thought was your number one, you've already said, so... <laughs> well, check this out. We're going to go down with two top five lists and have no crossover today. Wow. So we met now, you know, there was 70, so there was a better sure, chance of us not sure, having it. But, but you and I are a lot alike. We are. And so I we knew every people. trap you talked about when you said it because yeah. I like it too. Yeah. But this isn't like 
This is a love. Mm, your love true. is your number one. That's why you're my number one. You see? Yeah. My number one favorite soul track of all time, talked about compassion, is the puppet track from Spiral. Wow. I've said how much I love Spiral. I love all the Saw films. Spiral might be my favorite yeah. because I could not have predicted how much I would have loved it. Yeah. And it's a lot different than some of the other ones. You know, it's a chapter in the book of Saw. But let me tell you why I love it. Let me set the scene. So, Detective Zeke Banks is played by Chris Rock. And he finds his dad, Marcus, played by Samuel Jackson, is suspended in the air and he's strapped to a device that's draining his blood. And this is the end of the movie, guys. Mm -hmm. Okay? Like, this is the final. We know it's about to go down. Well, also inside this room is the Jigsaw copycat. And so the Jigsaw copycat calls in and pretends to be a civilian and says, there's a shooter in my building and he's chasing me. He's hunting me. Please send somebody. Which basically means the SWAT team is now on their way to this site. Okay? Well... Banks has, like every trap, a limited amount of time to make a decision. He has to choose whether to shoot the jigsaw copycat and catch this guy who has been killing cops. Yeah. Now, mind you, all these cops have been dirty. But again, do they deserve to die? That's not my choice to make. Or save his dad. To save his dad, he has to shoot a bullseye, which mm -hmm. will release him to the ground. Yeah. Well, the reason that's such a big deal we talked about compassion and a more it's your father up mm -hmm. there but guess what your father is not a good guy because he has been covering the tracks of all the dirty cops which has been keeping them on the streets yeah and chris rock's character we call him banks but zeke mm -hmm. is a good cop yes he does everything by the book i mean he's chris rock to the fullest in this movie and don't get me started on how much I loved his performance, but this was such an emotional bind for me because everybody knows how I feel about the father-son story. Mm -hmm. But I think that Chris Rock sells it better than anybody else could have because I did not expect this kind of acting from him. Agree, yeah. Okay. Now, if he shoots the Jigsaw copycat, Samuel Jackson's just going to bleed out. And I say, like, just, like, okay, no, he's going to die. You are going right. to lose your dad. So what do you do? Put all of us in that situation. Half of our brain immediately says, save my dad. Right. But his dad says, do the right thing. It's almost like he owns up to all his bad stuff. He's like, don't worry about me. Kill him. Yeah. Get that motherfucker, as only Samuel Jackson yeah. will say. Right? <laughs> and Zeke looks over at him, points a gun at him, and the guy's, like, enticing him. And he's just like, you're running out of time. Party's going to be here soon. Better right. choose. He's like pulling off his gloves. You know, spoiler, I said he, but uh, <laughs> but he just gets mad. He's like, yeah. and he points a gun up and he shoots the bullseye and saves his dad. Yeah. Uh, Samuel Jackson's character, Marcus, falls to the ground and he's still in this like weird puppet contraption, mm -hmm. but he's, he hey, he's down. Right. And then Zeke takes the needle out and he's no longer being drained of blood. And he's like, get that motherfucker. And so yeah. Chris Rock runs and he tackles the jigsaw copycat and he starts fighting him and he does a good number on him. But then we notice the music starts playing. It's like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, we're in a Saw movie. There hasn't been a twist yet. Yeah. The SWAT team shows up. They got this badass buzzsaw and they're cutting through this door that it kind of looks like one of those really old brick concrete apartments type scale. Yes, yeah. But it has a reinforced door. 
And so it's like a, a fancy loft or something like that, mm-hmm. like an older place. So they're cutting through, and we notice there's a tripwire that's across the door. And and then all of a sudden, Samuel Jackson's like, no. He's like, I mean, he's alive, but barely. Right. And he's like, don't come in. Don't cut the door. Right. They cut the door. It hits the tripwire. The red light turns green, and it lifts Samuel Jackson's character back up yeah. into the air, noticing, yeah, he's still a part of this puppetry. That's why it's called it's a puppet trap. Mm-hmm. And... He symbolizes something we've seen throughout the movie, which is he looks like a marionette pig puppet. Yeah. He's a cop. That's a phrase for it. Right. And it's just crazy because we thought the trap was over and it is just beginning because they barge in and all of a sudden these lights kick on and it creates this silhouette. And so you can't even see that he's Detective Marcus. Yeah. We just see there's a guy up there, and all of a sudden, the last part of the trap pulls his arm up, and it reveals that a gun is strapped to it, and uh, and Zeke, like, runs back, and the police, they barge in, they make him get down, like, get down, get down, there's so many cops, and then when his arm lifts up like a gun, they just start firing, yeah. and it, he gets massacred in yeah. this, and for this to come out at this day and age really hit me really, really hard, because of there's the father-son complex, but there's also this police brutality thing mm. that's never been right. And it's we're finally recognizing it for what it is. And I don't know anybody personally who is a cop. And so I won't pretend to say, like, I know this for a fact. But I see what I see. And yeah. I know it's an issue. And I love that they went out like this because I think it's an eye-opener. for I think that for some people who may not participate in politics or watch the news somebody like myself it takes something fantastical in a film Mm -hmm. to open your eyes to a real problem and and i love that about saw is it it connected to the saw universe in a sense but it really gave us a sense of realism in it and go holy shit and so combine the dad factor and then just uh, things i hate in with racism and bullshit i was like how could i not make this my number one because I remember we saw this in theater twice and that was a big oh shit moment because we thought that the reveal of the killer was the oh shit moment right and it wasn't it was like the trap is not finished yeah and they do all the flashbacks where it's just like you know someone's pulling all the strings and I know this movie gets a lot of hate for being like one of those like cop shows but with a saw twist Guess yeah. what? It is, and that's what makes it great. So my favorite trap wow. is the puppet trap from Spiral, which might be my favorite Saw film anyway. I love it. That That is a great choice for all the reasons you said. I mean, I I can't really add much to that. Cause you, and you know, it's crazy because it I'm not a gun guy. No, you're not. And so for me to choose a trap that really just uses guns, yeah. but it's just like you... It's the psychological yes, factor yeah. of it. So we both had our favorite trap that had to deal with somebody making that moral decision mm-hmm. on who lives and who dies. who dies. And of course he's going to save his dad. Like, it's your dad. Yeah. But in the end, not only did the killer get away, his dad still got massacred. Like, yeah. when his body is, like, flaying in the air from the... It takes one shot to shoot somebody. Right. It was hundreds of bullets taking yeah. him down and... I just think the way it was written, the way it was filmed, and then in the end, Zeke is like screaming for his father mm. who just got killed in front of him. Yeah. And in the background, the killer gets away and just kind of gives him that shh. 
Yeah. And it ended with the elevator going down, which essentially looks like the game over when you close right? the door. Yes. And it just, when I saw this movie with you, mm. I remember looking at you being like, like, I got something great out of this. Yes. Like, my money's worth. Yeah. And uh, I just, man, I hope nobody's listened to this podcast without seeing these movies because right. <laughs> I, I tried to make that very upfront. And people, a couple of people who know me asked me, like, hey, you know, if I've only seen these, can I listen? I'm like, bro, you just need to see them all. Because I didn't want to tell anybody, uh, okay, if you've seen this one, you're good. It, because guess what? My number one was the end of a movie. Yeah. My number two <laughs> was the end of a movie. Yeah. My number three was the essential end of a uh, movie, roughly. And a lot of mine were the beginnings, so there you go. <laughs> well, well, there's a beginning, we're, there's an end, the you bookends. know? Yeah, so... <laughs> Julie, that wraps up this conversation of our yeah. favorite saw traps. I'm sorry to kind of put you through the the process of having to watch a whole bunch of traps endlessly and pick a favorite and maybe make you feel a little more like John Kramer than you right? ought to. But I got to be honest, I always have a lot of fun doing these top fives with you, and it I was so too. cool to talk saw with you. Yeah, and thank you for having me on, especially for my favorite franchise. You're welcome. there you have it top five saw traps what'd you guys think and that was a lot of fun doing this episode and hearing about what traps made her list and then after we recorded we talked about some of the traps that we really liked that almost made our list but didn't but at the end of the day we had no crossover guys like that's really cool because yes there's 70 traps and so like i said the odds were more in the favor of not having crossover but when you're podcasting with like your significant other that you know so well you feel like you're going to have some of the same traps in common and it's interesting to see um if we didn't alter our list as much as we did we might have had some of the same crossover but i'm really happy we didn't because it allowed us to talk about more of the traps and maybe have more in common with some of the listeners out there some of you guys but it's really cool because there are 10 saw films and we brought up a trap that covered the first nine it's crazy that Saltin didn't have any traps that made our list, but that's okay. It'd have been even crazier if, like, we had only talked about two of the movies and all the traps. But uh, Saltin's an interesting film. Uh, a lot of people like it. It's actually doing really good. And if I had to choose, my favorite trap from Saltin would probably be the bloodboarding. That was pretty cool. But that's neither here or there. So. Here we are, you know, we're approaching the mid to middle end of October. And like I said, I'm bringing the horror episodes. So I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Still have a couple more horror episodes coming. And then one really, really interesting one that I'm going to try to mix in sooner than later. So I'll let that be that. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. And thank you for listening to the All Things Dave podcast. Mm-hmm.